What's going on? It's your boy Mixmaster to be here live from the MMB Radio Studios here to MMB Radio Podcast where no topic is too big or too small. We talk about them all. And on the phone lines, I want to welcome in tonight's guest, someone who I've been checking out for a little bit and kind of looking through her work. And she goes as an alternative, I guess, adult entertainer. We're going to get clarification on that because there's a lot of people that are very uh, – anti-labels but then there's labels put out there so we're going to get all the clarification on that tonight so i want to welcome her in sonia hardcore sonia what's going on not much how you doing thanks for having me thank you for uh, taking some time to talk to us and as i mentioned uh an alternative uh, i guess adult star alternative porn star like what is what do you go by well, I mean, generally I go by adult performer, but mm-hmm. it seems very vague for people outside the industry. So I end up nine. They'll be like, uh, so what does that mean? Like a uh, stripper? <laughs> and I hate it. I'm like, oh, I guess I have to say porn star just because they're like, oh, oh, OK. But I'm like, I'm not a fucking porn star. Like Angela White is a porn star. I'm like D-list at best. But if that's what. It makes it easier for people to wrap their minds around than that works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like I said, I mentioned, it's a lot of people hate labels. You know, when people say things like, oh, you know, or, are you this, are you that? People are like, oh, I'm not really into labels. But then people have different meanings and understandings of labels. So people exactly. hate exactly. to be called, like like you said, people like are like, oh, I'm not a porn star. Like for some people to call someone a porn star. People yeah, I'm not are, like offended by it. I'm more uh-huh. like, oh my god, dude, I do not think of myself that way. You know what I mean? I'm like, I am not trying to be lofty, like, mm, yeah, I'm a star. Like that's why I'm like, no, don't. Uh, I'm not offended by it. It's more <laughs> just like, I promise, I'm not that big headed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said it's it's weird because for some people, when they hear porn star, they say, you know, that's kind of like, ew, it's degrading. Like they rather mm. be called an adult entertainer. Which covers right. like every aspect, or like you said, an adult performer. So they're like, yeah, what, yeah. Is, what is what falls under that umbrella? It's like, well, you know, I could do, you know, modeling. I could do webcaming. I could do, you know, video. Exactly. Yeah. We could, and and I do do all of the above. So I feel like it is a broader term. But then, you know, if if it's trying to like if it's making it easier for someone to kind of wrap their mind around it, I'm fine with it. Yeah. And then I've had other people say that you know, oh, a porn star. They're like, is there really any porn stars anymore? And then they start mentioning like. You know, like the, Pamela Anderson. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like that generate. That's why I don't like to say it either, too, because I'm like, I don't really know if they quite exist anymore, at least not in the same way that they used to, you know? Exactly. So it's, I guess I said, it has different meanings and, you know, uh, to different people. Yeah. So kind of tell everybody how you got into being an adult performer. Well, um, I had thought about it when I was younger, I've just, I've always been a very sexual person, but I was wildly insecure for most of my adult life. Like I didn't even lose my virginity until I was 23 to my first boyfriend. So it just never kind of happened. And then I think I was approaching like 31 and I was kind of floundering with what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Like, what am I going to be when I grow up? You know, that kind of shit. And, and then that's uh, when you saw the indeed ad to be, (laughs) (laughs) no not quite it wasn't quite so salacious but uh (laughs) no a friend of mine works for uh, an lgbtq nonprofit, and we got drunk one night at a bar in new york hanging out she's like you know there's this huge overlap with sex work but that's not really something we're hyper focused on or have the resources for she's like you've always been so comfortable talking about sex people feel comfortable talking to you about sex have you ever thought about and doing advocacy work. And I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. So yeah, I opened an Etsy store that had like pro D crim and sex positive merchandise and just got to know a lot of people in the industry, started making friends. And I actually got approached by an agency in the beginning. And I was like, Oh, holy shit. The ship hasn't sailed. Like I didn't ask, I didn't, you know, send out headshots or anything like that. It was, they were just like, Hey, we like your look. You ever thought about doing it yourself? And I was like, that ship hasn't sailed. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, nobody gets into this industry at 31, but okay, I guess I can give it a try. And there I am. Now, what is that feeling like? Because a lot of people do exactly what you just said. They're sending out headshots or, you know, I, I mean, I guess we don't, you know, electronically, digitally now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. Back in the old school days, you know, you did have to go to, you know, glamour shots or something. And oh, get yeah. Some, get some get stuff some made. printed media. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> exactly. But there are talent out there who are 
finding different alternate routes of getting into the business, whether it be, you know, sending uh, photos to an agency or starting up an OnlyFans or doing webcamming and hoping that somebody, you know, discovers them. Um, again, you were you were kind of cool with it. You're open about it. But it, it seems like from what I'm gathering, you weren't really like approaching the business. It wasn't something that was like. I wasn't on your radar. It out. Yeah. yeah. No, it just kind of happened. And I mean, it's, it's different for everybody. It's, you know, like I don't, I'm not as beholden to mainstream just because especially being on the East coast, there's not as much work out here. So, you know, I do a lot of my own thing, but yeah, it just, it just kind of fell into my lap and I kind of felt like, okay, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And, uh, you know, it's, it was a little, I actually turned down the agency offer in the beginning because my husband, like we didn't meet in the industry. We, we were coming up on our two year wedding anniversary when this happened. So I think like maybe a month before this, we had just kind of broached the idea of opening up the marriage sexually and as long as we're safe and blah, blah, blah. And then this happened. And I was like, well, I mean, we were kind of headed in that direction anyway, right? Kind of. But he just he was just worried about me being taken advantage of and potentially, you know, manipulated into doing anything I didn't want to do. So he was like, I support you. I want to support you. But I would feel a lot more comfortable if you stayed independent. So that was why I turned down the agency offer. And then being independent, that gives you the freedom of basically saying yes and no to things. Or how does that work from being with an agency? I mean, you absolutely you still have some say in an agency, but, you know, they're definitely going to push certain things. Like there were so many agencies that were like, you're not going to do anal. Yeah, no, we won't represent you. Mm. I'm like, OK, that's fine. I'm not going to do it. Or, you know, like, oh, you can't work with trans performers. Like the industry, the straight side of the industry is kind of coming around on that, but still not. A hundred percent. So, yeah, I had control. I was like, I'm not going to compromise my personal beliefs or values for for an entertainment industry. And like, like, it's going to be my career. This is going to be long term. You know, this is this is what I do now. So I'm like, I'm not going to compromise anything to kind of get a flash in the pan. I'm like, I want this to be a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Now, you explain to everybody out there, you see, you didn't meet your husband in the industry. So how did you guys meet? And I mean, I guess when guys are approached, you know, with the idea of doing something like this, I mean, for most guys that are listening right now, they're probably like, this would be heaven to find that woman that you're going to marry. That's Mm -hmm. like, okay, with having an open relationship. Um, (laughs) So kind of take us through, you know, how you guys met and how he came to be okay with all this because i said it's a give and take some people are pretty absolutely awesome with the idea whereas others are just like fuck no like there are some guys who probably love the idea in theory but then you know six months down the line it's just like you're like your wife's coming home from work and it's like how was your shoot you know and it suddenly gets real yeah yeah it was um so we actually met on okay cupid right before tinder kind of blew up Um, so we met through there and we got married, I think I want to say within like a year and a half of meeting, we knew right away that it was, this was it. And we were coming up on our two year anniversary for our wedding when porn kind of fell into my lap. And he had come into the marriage with a lot more sexual experience than I had. Um, he's also bisexual. So he had had like relationships with guys. He had had some group sex. He had done all that. Whereas I was coming in like as a very intent, like I am legit bisexual and I had never been with a woman before. I had never had a threesome, none of that stuff. So, you know, when we started, I was the one who initiated the like, hey, can we, you know, maybe talk about fucking other people? And, you know, it was a kind of just slow and steady constantly checking in, checking boundaries, communicating. People ask all the time, like, how do you make this work? Communication. That's it. Just constantly communicating, checking in on boundaries. So like, you know, when I first started, he didn't even really want to know what I was up to. Whereas now, like if he's on set and he's trying to get wood and keep, you know, keep a heart on, he'll like bring up my porn. Like, oh, that's so fucking hot. Yes. Awesome. So much progress. (laughs) so yeah you know it started slow it started with like just girl girl and then blowjobs and then just but it was all about just 
you know, this is, it was new for both of us. So it was checking in and seeing like, are you sure you're okay with this? Like, yeah, I didn't think I was going to be, but I'm fine. Like, I'm not, you know, it was just constant communication. That That's how, and we, after, I think I started in like September, 2017. And by that January was my first AVN and he came with, and he was like, this is really fun. I'm seeing, you know, how much fun you're having and getting to kind of express that creative itch. We're both very creative people. So, yeah, he's a part-time performer now, too. So kind of take me through the the, the the mindset of a lot of people they hear, you know, when women are bisexual, it's, it seems like it's more accepting. Um, yeah, because it bi- plays into the masculine fantasy. That's yeah. why it's socially acceptable. So when you... I mean, he came out and you guys were actually, you know, dating and everything. Oh, yeah, he, he was first... on, listed on his profile as bisexual. Okay, so... I was like, fuck, that's hot. <laughs> okay, that's what I was going to say. So where is your mindset with that? Because, again, mentioning that such, you know, uh, male dominated, accepted or whatever, um, for two women but not two guys, to put that I on know, an it's... ad, like some mm-hmm. women would be kind of like turned off by that but you had the complete opposite feeling i was like oh my god he is so secure in his masculinity that that he's not ashamed to admit this that he's owning it that he, i was like this is so hot okay to me yeah that was like oh my god because toxic masculinity and that's not masculinity period it is a type of masculinity so boys out there screaming at their screens don't be getting all butthurt on me now <laughs> toxic masculinity is bad for everyone including you boys um, that's like one of my biggest turnoffs. So knowing that about him and knowing that he was comfortable in his in himself and his masculinity was like, yeah, that was super hot for me. Now, it's crazy because you were just saying about how you you said yourself were bisexual, but you hadn't been with, you know, in a relationship or with women. How did you no. come to that? How did you come to that understanding within yourself that, hey, I'm bisexual, but you oh, never experienced anything? I mean, it wasn't like I hadn't I had made out with girls and stuff okay. and I had gotten to like third base with girls in high school. Um, I knew I was bisexual in by by high school because, yeah, the drama club, we uh, we uh, we all got a little freaky. <laughs> I've heard stories about drama. I'm telling yeah, you, man, know. that's where it's at. Like when guys make fun of guys, you're like, you're joining the drama club. It's gay. I'm like, no, man, that's where all the pussy is. That's where all the freaky girls are. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I knew in high school, but um, I was beyond stoked for my first ever, you know, female encounter at my first AVN. Okay, so kind of take us through that situation, because, I mean, you, you, you kind of just, I would say, kind of played around in high school. But yeah, where's the full Monty at? Where did the full, you know, the, the whole Dude, thing go down? It was fucking epic. Like, it, I could not have lost my lady virginity in a better way. So... Um, I don't know how much you've kind of stalked me, Instagram or whatever, but I'm a huge Batman geek too. Okay. Not and... that much. I didn't know that part, you know. Oh, okay. I try to yeah, I try yeah. to refrain from going like that 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 imaginary line, not trying going over it, you know, because gotcha. different states have different laws according <laughs> to stalking. So, you know, I try not to incriminate you didn't do, like, myself. A deep deep yeah. dive on the Instagram or anything. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm a huge Batman dork, and so I had got friendly with these two performers on Twitter via, you know, my advocacy work. Shout out to Chrissy LeBlanc and Amelia Song. I fucking love you, ladies. So we did a DC Sirens cosplay threesome. Chrissy LeBlanc was Poison Ivy, Amelia Song was Harley Quinn, and I was Catwoman. And... We're fooling around kissing. I'm like grabbing titties. I'm like, this is amazing. And Chrissy's, um, I believe, were they married at the time? Either way, her significant other is filming and my husband is filming. And I lay back and Amelia's song goes to sit on my face. And I was like, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. <gasps> There's pussy coming. Oh my God. Oh my God. I sort of like the hallelujah chorus came out. It was. Oh my god, it was so fucking hot. Now, <laughs> and was, I still one. Was this something that you scenes. planned, or I oh mean, yeah, okay. yeah? No, like Amelia even wrote the script, and we yeah, no, we had been planning it for like a couple months before before I went out to Vegas. So you had some time to kind of like you know, amp yourself up and get hyped. Oh for this, yeah, right? oh yeah, totally. <laughs> so what was the anxiety levels like, knowing that okay, 
one week away, two days away. Oh shit, this is going to happen. And then I want to say it was like 70% excited and maybe like 30% anxious Mm -hmm. up until the night of the shoot. And then it was just like balls to the wall. Like I need to eat some pussy now. (laughs) Like I had no doubts that like, Oh my God, what if I'm really not? What if I don't No, I knew I was like, I never doubted I was into women. So I was just so fucking ready. (laughs) Now, was there anything that, you expected to happen and didn't or vice versa or no, I didn't really go in with any expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I more went in with like, I hope I'm not bad at this, I guess. Um, but other than that, no, That's I had like no 99.999% guys feelings on every sexual situation. <laughs> you know, like God, I hope I'm not bad at this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so other than that, no, what did uh, your friends and family think? I mean, obviously you said that you were kind of you didn't you didn't lose your your virginity until you were older, but obviously you had fooled around with people in high school. Like, did people know that you were you know this kind of undercover freak, or, or someone that just the <laughs> drama club knew about? Or yeah, no, I would say like my friends in high school, like they weren't shocked that. I did it. I was always kind of a sexual person. They were probably just shocked that like, you aren't like you were so insecure. Like, holy shit. That's what they were shocked about. Not so much that I'm doing porn. Um, the family, that was a tough one. I come from a small conservative town and, uh, there are still some family members that I don't really speak to. It is what it is. Um, but no, my friends weren't necessarily surprised by the sex. They were surprised that I had the confidence to do it. Okay. Yeah. No, I know you're a big advocate for, like I said, sex work and everything. And I feel like within the last couple years, a lot of discussion and focus has been put on people who are labeled sex workers and sex Mm -hmm. workers having so many different realms and tiers of what is classified as a sex worker. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you feel that it's it's gone so far up to this point, whereas we were, you know, just say maybe five, ten years ago, how much it has changed and how many people's perspective has changed in that time? It's it's a very interesting time to be in this industry, because on the one hand, you know, the pandemic and lockdown forced a lot of people to kind of like, oh, shit, maybe I'll just do an OnlyFans. So it's kind of become more mainstream in that regard which is good. And like, you know, celebrities are doing some of it. So it's some of the stigma is, you know, it's lifted a teeny bit, but on the flip side, like politically, it is still a very hot button issue. And there are laws and things being drafted up right now that are super problematic. And, you know, like FOSTA SESTA passing was a huge blow to the community and it's still, we're still suffering the consequences of it. Um, Visa MasterCard pulling out of Pornhub started a whole thing. And uh, it's, yeah, it's it's a very tumultuous time. Like, overall, people seem to be more okay with it. But then the extremists are getting even more extreme, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. It seems like it's kind of like the reaction to most of the topics that are going on in this nation and in this world yeah. right now. Where's yeah, the extremists it? are getting more emboldened and aggressive, and uh, they are. There's a lot of conflating sex trafficking with consensual sex work, and that's where they tend to get people on both sides of the party line. You know, Democrats too. They're just, oh yeah, no, no, sex trafficking, and it's like mm, conflating the two is dangerous for everyone. Stop doing that. <laughs> and one of the things that I've pointed out to people about OnlyFans is. Yeah, OnlyFans has this this rep is that it's a, you know, a porn or adult, you know, website. But there are people on there that are have OnlyFans accounts that are not doing anything at all of that. You know, I have friends that are, you know, fellow DJs that are having, you know, they put a mix on there and are like, hey, sign up for my OnlyFans. And for five bucks, you can download this mix. And it was a source of revenue for them, especially during a pandemic. And I just saw or heard someone the other day say that they have an OnlyFans and all they do on there is share like their cooking tips mm-hmm. and they do like you can get recipes, you know, you download and buy recipes off them. But 
when they say that they have an OnlyFans, automatically everybody thinks, oh, you're getting naked while you're cooking or you're, you know, DJing, you know, in your skimmies. Um, and I mean, and that's good and bad because unfortunately, the more mainstream, this is not, this is what happens with most things that were originally made for porn or for sex work or for adult entertainment is we build it up, we build it up, we build it up. And then once they become mainstream enough and they have revenue in other ways and they don't want to be associated with that anymore, OnlyFans doesn't want to be, you know, the porn site anymore, then they start kicking us off and it's already starting. Okay. Now, being an advocate, what is what are some of the things that you have a strong stance on and what are you doing to help promote, you know, kind of the indifferences that are going on in the industry i mean i don't want to say i I mean i i don't want to be like a voice for the industry that is a lot of pressure and that is a lot of like a lot of times there's you know you can never do enough and you can never do it right so i just try and you know educate people as best i can um where i can uh where i feel like there's room for discussion you know there are some people where it's like they're never going to change their mind on sex work it's just not going to happen Um, And that's not worth my time or emotional energy to do so. But for people who, you know, a lot of people who are like, wait, I didn't know, you know, if they found out that you had, you know, a cash app or something, it technically violates the terms of service. So they would just shut you down and take your money. Yeah, that's a thing. And people are discriminated against, you know, from banking institutions, from apartment renting. And, you know, it's like technically, you know, what we're doing is perfectly legal and we're still constantly being discriminated against by credit card companies, by financial institutions. So it's just one of those, like, to just, I guess, bring awareness to people and that, like, we're not asking for much. We're just asking for, you know, basic human dignity. You know, we just want to be able to do our job and live our lives. And no one in this industry is, like, pro-trafficking or any of that bullshit. Like, people trying to, oh, how do you sleep at night knowing you contribute to... I don't contribute to that. I'm all my porn is ethically made, consensually made. Um, and to my best effort behind a paywall, you know, I have no control over thieves and pirates. So, you know, we do our best, but I feel like we're, we're just an easy scapegoat. So I try and make people question the validity of that and, you know, take some personal responsibility, I guess. It kind of reminds me of if anybody's ever seen the movie Boogie Nights, where Don Cheetah's character is trying to get a loan to mm-hmm. open up his own electronics store. And yeah. they come back and the bank tells him that we can't give you a loan. And he's like, why? Meet all the qualifications. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, because you do, you know, yep. porn. And he's just like, and yeah, that's, but that's that's not, you know, that's not You're like, that's I not am. what I want to do anymore. And it was yeah. just my job. And yeah, that's a huge, huge hypocritical stance society takes on us is like, they think that, you know, we need to be rescued and we're being manipulated. But I have... Very, I don't think I have ever met anybody yet, personally, who has gotten out of porn, tried a different venture, and then didn't have to come back to it because they were like, ew, no, we don't want you. Get out of here. You're dirty. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the hypocrisy of, oh, my God, like, go do you could get, go get a real job. Go get a real job. And then we do. And they're like, ew, no, not this one. Never mind. You know, it's it's a constant back and forth. Yeah, it's, you know, it's. Yeah. It's frustrating, but... And what would you say to people? Because I know there are talents out there who have done just exactly as you said, started off in a business young, naive, not really fully educated on the business, may or may have not been taken advantage of. Not every situation is, you know, a horror story. You know, Mm -hmm. there are people that have been pretty successful, but then come to some kind of realization or have an epiphany where they want to do something different with their life. Right. Or they just feel like, you know what, I'm done with this. This was a chapter in my life. Not like, oh, I was horribly taken advantage of or manipulated. You know, just time to move on. Mm -hmm. And then they try. And yeah. And they get uh, shot down. Yeah. So they revert back to what they know. And what they know that they can make money doing and make a living doing, you know. And Um, and I was going to say, we hear so many stories, too, about people who, you know, have mental you know problems after that you know people become you know depressed suicidal because you know you're in one hand you're being told what you're doing is wrong and as like you said they try to get a job doing something 
you know, outside of that business. And then they're being told that, you know, you can't have this job. So mm-hmm. it's like a, a, like a circle that's never ending. Of yeah. Shaming. Um, so sh- what, what yeah. advice would you give to people out there who may be listening, who may be, again, not mainstream, may not be as well known, but know that like, Hey, I've already done this. I have material out there. And as we all know, once it's on the internet, it's for life. That's it. Yeah. You know, that's there's what not the only thing that's forever is the internet. Um, so, you know, there's people out there that are struggling right now. They're like thinking, fuck, why did I do this now? I can't, I can't get out of this hole. What is some advice or that you would give to some of these people? If, if you're the, well, you know, the advice I always gave beforehand would be like, make sure you are 1000% that this is what you want to do because this is not, you know, it can't just be, Oh, I'm going to cam for a little while while I'm struggling and then get back to it. Once you put that first image out there you know you are branded with the scarlet letter unfortunately and it just it is what it is and you know i would i would suggest maybe look for something online like if there's other things you maybe like an etsy store or ebay or you know do a podcast other things where it's like you can use what you've learned to your advantage but yeah trying to go back to a mainstream job like working at a bank or something after this it's going to haunt you forever. Unfortunately, there's, there's no two ways about it. Um, but there is help. Um, pineapple support is an amazing organization that I've personally used myself that provides free or discounted mental health care for people in the industry. So if you are struggling, please go check them out. They're amazing. You are not alone. We have lost a lot of performers the, uh, the past couple months to various things so just please like pineapple support is an amazing resource check it out that's what i would say to that and definitely i you know i can't agree more with that as i've myself have known people who have gone through it and i've people i've known personally who have you know either taken their lives or you know just become so overwhelmed with uh the shaming and it's it's really upsetting because again there's so much stigma and so mis miseducation of what is actually going on in the business and you said everything's consensual there's things that are done the right way and that's not to say that there's stuff out there that's not being done the right way but the same could be said about any freaking job out there there's shady shit that's going on like you said in banks in corporate offices every day I was infinitely, and again, like there's that whole, you know, the Madonna horror complex, the is sex work liberating or is it degrading? And for many people, it's neither or it's somewhere in between. Like it's a job for me. It has been empowering. It's, I was infinitely more degraded doing retail than I have been in this industry, but that doesn't mean that somebody else isn't going, you know, it's, this is the only job where people put that onus on us. Like, is it empowering or is it degrading? I'm like, are you asking, you know, your waitress if her job is degrading? Because I guarantee you she'd say yes, but you're not asking her that question because it's not, you know, it's this the salaciousness. People want a taste of it or a part of it. People, that's actually why I won't answer the question if I'm ever asked in interviews to like, what's your worst experience? Like, I'm not fucking answering that question because I'm not feeding into this weird fetishization of our pain that people get off on you know it's it's like any job in in a capitalist country like it's a job you know i have to put food on i have to pay my bills i have to pay off my student loans i just happen to do a job that not everybody would want to do or would have the balls to do and i happen to enjoy it even if i didn't you know survival sex work is valid it's you know i just i'm always i'm of the like you know live and let live opinion if if i'm not doing anything to bother you like just stay out of my business you know and i'm glad you're saying that because i've made mentions of this in previous episodes of the show where i say you know the crazy thing is is people are so quick to shame you for what you're Mm -hmm. doing but behind closed doors they're probably partaking in stuff oh, absolutely. as well. So yeah. I, I, the hypocrisy I, of that is out, is just astounding. <laughs> yeah, it's like I almost feel like it's like a jealousy thing where they're yeah. they're jealous because you can openly do this and have the mindset where you know no fucks given or whatever, however you want to you know play it. You know you're comfortable in your own skin. Like you said yeah. about your husband being, you know, bisexual, being comfortable being who he is, 
Whereas people who are listening to this, and I can guarantee it, people will listen to this and will say, that's disgusting. How can you be married mm-hmm. to a man who's, you know, bisexual and is having mm-hmm. you know, sexual relationships with other men? And it's just like, okay, yeah, like to a certain degree, you may be turned off by that. But at what percentage of it is because you are jealous that someone mm-hmm. is comfortable in their own skin and i don't mean jealous and i don't mean jealous in the sense that like you want to go have sex with another guy i mean jealous in the sense that again somebody is not worried about what people think not Mm -hmm. worried about being shamed are living their life knowing that on their own terms yes on their own terms knowing that hey you know you may not agree with what i'm doing but what i'm doing is not by law illegal you know, mm-hmm. in religious aspects of it, it may be looked at as, you know, sinful or not. It's like, that's your religion. You don't exactly. need to be projecting it's... that shit onto me. Like, if, if that's what works for you, congratulations. Great. That's exactly. not what works for it's, me. It's not it's not law, you know. So yeah. um, I think a lot of these people who shame sex workers and I'm like, yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, like how much if we went through your history, your browser mm-hmm. history, how much of porn are you watching on your phone? What messages are you sending back and forth through your friends and your buddies? Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, you- exactly. I'm like you. You partake. You know, it's it's an industry of supply and demand. We are supplying your demand, and yet you don't even want to treat us with just the most basic human dignity. It's like nobody wants to know the name of the per- the person that they're jacking off to. It makes it too human or too real. I'm like, what does that say about you and your sex life? Mm-hmm. Are you not able to look at the person that you have sex with as a person? Or is it like that you are so personally hung up on sex being an emotional thing that you can't associate emotion or person with like that? If that's the case, that's on you. Sex for me can be very simply a physical thing. It does not have to be an emotional thing. It's an emotional thing when it's with my husband. But I'm able to, you know, go tongue fuck a friend's ass and then have sandwiches with him afterwards and it's not a big deal i still look at him as a human being and someone i would die for like it doesn't make them less of a person but i feel like that's people's problem is they project all their own shit onto us and i'm like okay if you if you don't want to know my name while you're jacking off because it makes it feel dirty or wrong that's a you thing that's not a me thing you know so some of That's, the, the stigma is, again, I think within the last couple of years, you start seeing a lot of these events for uh, Pride Month where, you know, you start seeing more things on the news where it's becoming something that's more in the forefront. And again, I, I'm not saying anybody has to agree or accept anything. What I'm saying is that people should be treated with, like you said, the human decency basic human dignity yeah. that's you know that's it that's all you should treat anybody with at any point and if it's if they're not doing something you agree with that's fine it's not your lifestyle i always, mind your own, it's, I tell mind people, your own business it's like you can always change the channel you know exactly I mean? like that's yeah. always been my stance you know when people say to me well how can you do this and how can you be in support of this and it's like i choose to be in support of you know the lbgtq community because for me, I look at it as like I feel everybody should have the opportunity to express themselves however they feel fit as long as it's not directly affecting me and my life. If I'm not paying like extra money, it's not, you know, causing me any kind of like extra anxiety or anything. I don't care who you love. Everybody should yeah. have the opportunity to love who they want to love. If that means you want to get married to a fucking tree, guess what? Love that tree. Water that tree. <laughs> You know, put little flowers around the tree if you want to decorate it, you know, put a little picket fence around it. Like, I don't give a shit if you want to get kinky and put a swing on the tree, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like whatever you want to do. It's like it's your life. It's like, OK, yeah. now, if I'm being told my, I, my thing is like as long as nobody's getting hurt and everyone's consenting. Exactly. Nope. There's no fucking issue. Yeah. Am I paying you know, extra like tax money? The, no. You know, people try and throw in like the bullshit of, oh, well, if you say love is love, it's like, well, what about pedophiles? I'm like, no, no, no. Don't you dare try and attach pedophiles to the yes, LGBTQ exactly. community. You cannot compare to consenting grown men having sex to someone taking advantage of a child. That is not the same thing. Consent is the key 
to all of this. And as long as consent is there, it ain't nobody's fucking business. Yeah, like you said, love is love. But that, you know, they right away they want to go to, you know, pedophiles and everything. And I'm saying, yeah, well, what's the same thing as, you know, it doesn't have to be someone that's underage. What if, you know, we're talking about the terms of, you know, sexual assault or rape. You know, you mm-hmm. can't you can't say the same thing for that either and say, well, love is love, you know? It's yeah, just, no. It's just, Consent is the key to love. It's just so weird how it's like everybody has like their own made up rules to what is OK, what is not OK. When yeah. ultimately, like, I think everybody with any kind of, you know, brain cells understands that, like, obviously, if it's not consensual, it's not OK. You mm-hmm. know, it's never OK. You know, no is no. So. Yeah. I think it, it's unfortunately we're still a very young, very puritanical country, and it's still like, you know, the pearl clutching religious groups just you know, I wish this country was as disgusted by violence as it is by sex. Mm-hmm. You know that like if, if you were equally angry on both fronts, I could respect that. But, you know, it's like you wake up in the morning. It's like, oh, another school shooting thoughts and prayers. But there's a nipple on Instagram. Think of the children. Exactly. That, that's the bullshit that I can't tolerate. I'm yeah. like, no, because that kind of shame fucks people up. You know, like I was royally fucked up for a long time about sex because of shit that happened in my small town. And like I would have full on 24 hour like panic attacks, hyperventilating, nausea, lightheadedness, dizziness. After, like, hooking up, like, you know, because I didn't lose my virginity until 23, but I had, like, hooked up and fooled around a little bit before then, and it just fucked me up for so long. It takes a lot of undoing to just, just the shame, you know? It's so unhealthy. Now, what do you think is the biggest uh, misconception of the adult business? Like, I always ask this question in interviews because I get so many different answers. Mine is probably that we're dirty. That, again, here's more projection. People are going out to bars. They're hooking up with people from clubs. They're not wearing condoms. They're not asking their partner if they're tested. So they just assume that we must do the same thing on a whole different level. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We get tested every 14 days. And we're paying like $155 minimum for the test. Plus draw fees it's a whole thing our tests here in new york for me it's 240 dollars something like that between shipping and the draw fees and all this stuff and we test for everything but herpes because you can't test you know positively test for herpes unless someone has an outbreak like you could go your whole life having it and never know you had it so we test for everything and most people responsible performers do not fuck around with that shit so that's probably my biggest misconception. It's like, oh, God, they're probably full of STDs. And it's like, no, not at all. I have never had a, quote, you know, bad test once in my three years. Now, and it's funny you say that because I always laugh when people, you know, say, oh, they're dirty or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but you realize these people, they have to be tested. This and, is our livelihood. Yeah. Like, it would be it would be like a football player going out and playing a game without a helmet. That's just fucking stupid. <laughs> You know, me going out and like just fucking random people and not getting right. And that's, you know, everybody's rules are different. Like some girls also escort on the side and I have no beef with that as long as you're safe, you know, and my husband and I, our rule is that's our rule is we don't fuck for the sake of fucking unless, you know, specifically discussed beforehand because the person got tested or whatever. But we really only work with other tested performers. So, you know, yes, there's still a risk, but it is a mitigated risk. And I mean, in all honesty, I feel, you know, safer with the people I work with than the people I might have hooked up with before porn. Mm-hmm. That's so, what yeah, I say, the that's... people that you meet at the bar or at a club. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, shit, you don't even know if people got COVID right now, let alone any kind of exactly. STD. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So and, that, and that's it, a big one. And me. it's crazy how, like, people are so, like, anti-mask but you know not to make this a political rant you know because i'm not saying you know this or that you know when it comes to the mask mandates and you know whether people should wear masks or not but just think about it if people are so hesitant to wear a mask because for whatever reasons you know they They feel like it's infringing yeah or it's not cool how how much you want to bet they're wearing a condom every time they're fucking? Exactly. Yeah. I'm exactly. Like, oh, that's 
a red fucking flag if I ever saw one. Yeah, like if you're so like against, you know, I'm stealing your your rights or your privileges or whatever you want to word it for wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, like how am I supposed to believe that you have a clean test or that, again, you're even practicing safe sex, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what's great about, like, as much as, you know, the ones that we pay, unfortunately, like, performers are trying to get together and find a different way to to do testing because the, you know, the te- the labs that we use right now, it's it's a profit business, unfortunately, and, and it is what it is. We're trying to get around that. But, you know, you can you can fake a doctor's test like you can screenshot a doctor's test. If there's somebody that I'm working with for the first time, they need to send me the QR code that links to their talent testing profile. And I can see if they did, in fact, a take that test and when they are cleared and when it expires. So, you know, you go into it. It certainly makes the sex a lot better, in my opinion, to knowing that, like, what's up? We're all responsible, clean adults and we're going to have some consensual fun. <laughs> Yeah, and it's crazy that you say that because we just had a guest on in a previous episode who mentioned the same thing about the QR code thing. And it was something that was, you know, totally new to me. I was unaware that they had this program oh, yeah. QR code. I mean, it makes sense with everything else that's, you know, digitized and everything. And it's so much easier and trustworthy knowing that someone comes back, you know, with a clean test rather yeah. than, like you said, the, the Photoshop wizards out there that are just, you know, making stuff. Up. Oh, and people do that. Like people Photoshop. That's why actually a lot of prof- if you're new to the industry and you're listening to this, which might be unlikely. But if you are, do not post screenshots of your fresh test on your Twitter or Instagram, because that's how people use it to Photoshop shit. And, you know, somebody who doesn't realize that you can double check in the system or check the QR code will just take it at face value. And then they just put their own picture over yours, you know. And the same thing has been said about people that post pictures that they they're the vaccination cards, you know. Yes. It's like, yes. I'm fully vaccinated. Again, that's my own personal, you know, belief and understanding of science and acceptance same. of it. Um, but I didn't post my picture of my card out there. I'm no, like, no, same. because that's like I mean, that's like the. It's like posting your driver's license, like posting your social mm-hmm. security card. Like, yep. why would you do that? You know, I understand um, why sometimes new performers do it because they're excited and they're like, look, I got a clean test. And it's like, you don't need to post it to prove it. Just, you know, show up to work, ready to work. And again, this isn't to say that it's like, there, of course, there's still risk. Somebody can get a test and then, you know, two days later, go fuck a random person in a bar but it's a mitigated risk you know Mm -hmm. and then that's obviously the personal onus is on the performer too to then do their own research like there are girls that i have on my no list because i've seen their twitter and i'm like i've seen you at parties Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) you just have some suspect tweets and photos that like you're not getting anywhere near this pussy you've got like a super (laughs) strain of gonorrhea at this point like i'm not like antibiotic resistant shit you know (laughs) So it's there's it's a lot of personal responsibility too, which is why I'm like it's not always the best industry to get into young. There's still so much to learn, but you know, again, personal choice. So now something that is serious question that I want to ask, and you can you know refute if you do not want to answer. Um, but but it's something that it's uh, that I've been noticing a lot lately, looking through social medias. Um, there is so much divide in this country right now on Mm -hmm. so many issues but you know political issues and i see a lot of talent who are taking stances for one side or the other Mm -hmm. Um, how much do you see first in the business of that divide and what is a lot (laughs) and what is your feelings towards that because a lot of people who you know alienate themselves from different fans and from my understanding and my, you know, beliefs of it and everything is like, you know, the adult industry is almost like an escape. You know, it's just like, mm. you know, when you have people who are, you know, taking something that you, you were able to watch and enjoy and kind of, you know, be distracted from what's going on. And now you're making your real life issue. Um, is that good or bad for the business? I think I, I understand where you're coming from. And as a fan, why that could be. It's like, you know, I just came here to see titties. But I think that's also I think like I personally use my Twitter to discuss mental health a lot um, because that's also stigmatized. And I think the you know, the people and again, it's your Twitter. You can do whatever you want. Some people are like, oh, this is a business. You don't need to talk about your personal shit. Or Some people have the privilege of being a big name and they can post pro Trump shit all they want and not have any repercussions to their career. But 
for me, it's, and I, I would imagine you get a different answer from everyone because it mm-hmm. is different from everyone. Some people really do. Like I have a couple friends that I know their political affiliations, but you would never know from seeing their Twitter because they're like, this is my business profile. This is my brand. I personally, because I'm in a position of privilege where I'm not necessarily financially beholden to studios or to, you know, like I know I would make more money if I didn't make it obvious that I was married. That's just a given. Like you, once you break the illusion of, Oh, maybe I could fuck her someday kind of thing. You you instantly lose fans. Or if I were to further, you know, fetishize like working with black men, that's one of the biggest requests I get all the time because I'm so pale and they want, you know, but I don't, I'm in a place where I'm, lucky and that my husband holds down the financial fort so i am able to take more of a moral like you know i can be the voice where other people are like i wish i could do that but i have to feed my kids you know so like i'm putting the the certain hashtag that might be considered offensive to some because i need to make the money or it's like yeah i'm married but i don't tweet about it because i want to give the illusion so i'm in a place of privilege where i'm like i want to humanize us as much as possible so sorry that was like a long wind no no i mean i totally get it and just for people to understand my stance on it um i mean the same comparison can be made to pro athletes you know there's people Mm -hmm. you know when pro athletes like lebron james was speaking out on different things there were you know because once you get to that point you do kind of have not like necessarily an obligation but if you are in a place of privilege there's something that means exactly and something means something to you and you can be a voice for other people who can't why wouldn't you be Mm mm-hmm so, yeah, that's just my thing is I personally – I do get personal on my Twitter often, and I wonder yeah, – I'm sure that's lost me, fans. I'm sure it has. Mm-hmm. You know, people who are like, ew, you know, you work with gay guys, whatever. But I'm just – especially talking about mental health, too. I'm like, it's not all just rainbows and butterflies every day. Like, yeah, I love my job, but there are some days where, you know, the hate – and the shame and the being treated as lesser than human is really hard. And I feel like it needs to be talked about. So if I can do that, you know, if, if that's not your thing as a fan, then that's fine. But I just, I think the only making it like porn and pussies and titties and all that for so long contributed to the dehumanization. You didn't see the person behind it. If that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. At least I was mentioning about an example of like LeBron James and people are saying, you know, Fox News and some other companies are saying, well, you should just shut up and dribble. And I was always kind of like with the stance. I hate that. that. Well, I was always with the stance is that like, no, but I mean, if you have a He's not just a basketball player. He's a human being. He's a human being first. Like that people wanting to micro put everybody down to like, you know, celebrities, uh, Hollywood actors voicing their political. You're just, you don't need to, you're just go, go make movies. It's like, they're a, they're a fucking, they're a voter. They're a taxpaying citizen. They're allowed to have an opinion Mm -hmm. about things. You know, that's, we're all fucking people first. I'm sorry if you don't want to hear him. If like your personal opinion is now butthurt because you don't agree with him. It doesn't make him any less of a talented athlete. Well, you I'm, don't have to support him as a human. You can still watch his games, but uh, I don't know. Well, see, my, my 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 feeling on that was is that again, people have a platform, and if you have a certain reach and you have you know a hundred million Twitter followers or Instagram followers, and you have a reach like that, mm-hmm. why would you want somebody like that to not have a say? Exactly. If, if those people are not having a say, then who is having the say? The people exactly. with like ten followers. They're not like if you if you can actually feel like maybe there's something that you want to change in this world to make it better and you actually have the ability to maybe make it happen. Why the fuck wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. Again, if you have 10 followers on Twitter and you're feeling like, oh, I really want to change this. But you're like, who the hell is listening to me? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You you wish you were in a position where you had, you know, 10 million, 100 million followers that you could have that, you know, extensive reach. Exactly. So, I mean, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like it's almost like a form of censorship. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they don't want people to say anything. But at the same time, those same people will want to have an opinion or say, you know, so it happens all the time in in this industry, too, where people will get really angry. if, like, you know, if like say my OnlyFans one day I post a foot fetish video and there's a guy like, ew, I didn't pay to see this shit. And I'm like, you think you're the only person subscribing to my content? (laughs) You think your thing is the only thing that counts? You mm-hmm. think your thing is the only thing people are paying for? Like, 
no, if it's not your thing, scroll along. I'll be posting a solo video tomorrow. Like, yeah, you know, it, it's it's so. Oh, people are just selfish. Stop being selfish, <laughs> y'all. Calmed. If it's not for you, just if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Well, you know, you know it's just... funny because I've attended Exoticas in the past, and people have said like they'll go over to like you know the BBW section or you mm-hmm. know, the, the, the fetish section, and they're like. How degrading is that? You want to be tied up and whipped, and it's like, okay, but the same people that are into that and are liking that want to know why, like, who could look at, you know, big fake titties and blonde hair Mm -hmm. and, you know. And find that attractive. And find that attractive, you know? So, like, there's different strokes for different folks, you know? So. Exactly. I totally agree with you. Don't make it all about you, you know. Ex- and but what are you gonna do when uh, you know you're not young and pretty or whatever anymore? I'll be like, I'm a gilf, honey. Just because it's not your market doesn't mean it's not somebody's. Yeah, like you know, you when know? you get older, all those tattoos you had are all gonna look wrinkly, and it's just like. I'm like, yes. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna moisturize the hell out of them and do my best to take care of them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my, my, the way that I combat that is say, well, you do realize that, you know, all that hair gel you put in your hair, you know, and all that stuff. Eventually, someday, your hair's gonna fall out. You know, mm-hmm. like it just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like that, that tanning booth is gonna come exactly. back soon, bite you in the ass, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. When you have a, a like... rare form of skin cancer because you mm-hmm. tanned every day. Um, or when they're like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, when I'm 60, I'm still going to be making money on videos I made when I was 30. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Passive income is fucking sweet. <laughs> so don't even. You know, so <laughs> explain to people what is the, the, the most rewarding part about being in the business? Like what is something you just enjoy the most about being in the adult business? Ooh. Um, I mean, definitely I was a theater major, so definitely getting to perform kind of scratches that itch. I really enjoy doing like cosplay and improvising in scenes. I really enjoy acting. But for and again, this is me personally, this doesn't reflect the industry in general. I really enjoy kind of helping people discover a part of their sexuality that maybe they weren't comfortable with before and get comfortable with it. Or, uh, you know, help people increase their confidence uh, on cam. I have a f- quite a few of those, like people who were insanely shy before, like they would take me exclusive and they wouldn't show their face. They wouldn't really talk. They would just be stroking their dick. And then like a month into it, they're like, this has been so much fun. I feel really comfortable around you. And then they start talking more and you can just tell they're like feeling more confident. I don't know that that feels nice. I really enjoy that. I really enjoy help. Maybe it's because I had so much of my own shame to undo and to deal with coming into it that I really like help people helping people work through their own. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. what, are, what are some of your favorite types of scenes to shoot? I know you said you love doing the cosplay. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a not an advantage? I don't know how to word that, but like because you have a drama background as opposed to somebody who's just kind of like you know, by the, the seat of their pants, just shooting content. Oh, that definitely plays a huge part. No, absolutely. Like, especially for just kind of, if somebody just writes a loose script, you know, there are some performers who have a really hard time with that. They're like, just what's the line you want me to say? I d- just tell me what the line, whereas I can kind of just, you know, banter and get the general idea of it. Um, so yeah, I really do enjoy improving, especially with other people who enjoy it too. Um, but if I, oh, do I have a favorite? I really love blowjobs. It's like one of my favorite things in the world to do. Okay. So yeah, blowjobs are up there. And then I do enjoy BDSM scenes a lot. They're very cathartic in the, the right setting with the right people. Now you did mention like, you're never going to talk about like your worst experience. And I won't ask that question, but I want to know, is there limitations to stuff that you will not do? Is there things that you've been approached to do and then you're just like, not really into it? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, um, like, what are some big ones? Okay. You know, that's, it's a huge thing in the industry right now. It's a huge, I don't it's not even a niche anymore. It's like, a, you know, it's almost a new standard. And I'm just like, especially because I got a big butt. So people ask all the time and I'm just like, it's just not my cup of tea. You know, I don't dislike it, but I don't particularly like it. Um, it's also a lot of fucking work. I was going to say, what is, you know, the reason is it just because of the prep work of it? The prep is my least favorite part. So like I might do the occasional anal video with my husband for like my only fans, 
but I'm not in a place in my life right now where I want to be able to do it to say professionally, yes, I'll do it because it is just so much prep. And the idea of showing up on set, having not eaten for like 10 hours, not being able to have coffee. I'm like, so I'm just going to be a hangry bitch. I don't think this is going to be a good day for anybody. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that, uh, that's one. I, I, I also, I'm, I have no desire to do like, I, I'm very, very tight, so I like double vag is something I get asked a lot, and I'm like, Mm-mm, no, I don't think that's ever gonna happen. Sorry if that's anybody's like pipe dream out there. That's not not gonna happen. <laughs> Anything that doesn't feel comfortable or is just extra pain is not, yeah. It's not worth it. Like I don't want to destroy my body for for this industry unless it's like something I'm really passionate about, you know. Or getting really good pay for. Yeah, money can convince you to do things, you know, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> but like double vag, I'm like, I don't unless they're both like boyfriend dicks. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> is there anything that you do in your personal life that you kind of keep, you know, just for personal life? So a lot of people tell me mm-hmm. when they're in a the business, it's tough because there's, you know, stuff that they they their husbands, like you say, come home and they're like, eh, mm-hmm. I'm not really in the mood. I don't want to do anything. Cause I just been on set for, you know, 15 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, what is something that you keep between you and your husband that is kind of sacred um, to you guys? If anything, if, it used to be, it used to be cream pies, but I got, um, recently snip snipped. So he, he was like, Oh yeah, now that you, I don't really mind you, you know, doing that. I haven't done it really yet with anybody else. But that was one for a little while. Just we we ended up deciding that we just, you know, we're not going to record every single time we fuck. You know, there's going to be some times where it's just for us Um, and just not having a camera there. It's it's amazing what a difference that can make just mentally. Um, So, yeah, there's not anything in particular. I'm trying to think like not like probably anal right now. Like he's really going to be the only one. But um. Not necessarily because we were like, okay, that's for us. More so just like we we need to make time for us. That's something we do. Like I know there are couples out there who literally just have a camera in their room and every time they fuck, they're like, you're you're missing out on content. I'm like, I don't care. Alexa, start recording. Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, no, some of this has to just be for us. Yeah. Now, is there, for people out there that are couples like that who are, again, looking for something that keeps it, you know, exclusive. Like, is it okay with you and your husband that you don't really have a, you know, for say exclusive? I know you mentioned, you know, like anal and, you know, but like, how do you keep the romance in a relationship when you pretty much there's nothing exclusive? Uh, well, that 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 is what's exclusive for us is the romance. Mm-hmm. You know, because we we're not polyamorous. We only we're not like having emotional relationships with other people. We just fuck other people. Um, so that the romance of it, like, I don't quote, you know, make love to anyone but my husband. I don't have sex like that with anyone but my husband, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah, the romance, the romance is definitely what is our thing. Like, I'm not getting I don't get we don't get emotionally involved with with other people. And people wonder, too, yeah, like, does it kill your sex drive? And actually, uh, my friend Jay Taylor, she's the same way where it's like, no, I get hornier when I've been like in LA for a week and I come home because I've had fun sex, but I haven't necessarily had satisfying sex. Mm-hmm. And that's when I come home, that's what I crave with my husband. Does, does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Uh, so that's yeah. why I wanted a little clarification on that because there are people out there who are, you know, couples who may be new to the business and are like, you know, I got to find something that's just exclusive because I mm-hmm. feel like if I don't have something exclusive, I'm going to lose my partner. You know, like, uh, I mean, that's again, that's a communication thing. That's something you have to establish between your each other. Like for a while it was, you know, um, uh, kissing or um, the, you know, cream pies. But again, as the relationship has evolved, that has evolved, too. But it's always, you know, right now, our thing is always just the emotional romantic part of it. Now, for people who want to know and want to know, what is it? What do you do when you're not shooting content? Like it's it's weird because there's so many people out there that think that like this is twenty four seven, three sixty five, like again, 
humanizing people. They don't mm-hmm. think that you have like a human life that you know. Yeah, you don't no, do. they expect that. Like, are you? Can you take a Skype call right now? And I'm like, it's seven thirty-five on a Tuesday. <laughs> what do you think? I'm just like sitting around in my lingerie with a full head of hair and makeup done all day every. That that is what you think, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, you know, it's like that's not how. And for some people, it is. For some people, it's you know, they're they. If if I was single, I would probably work you know more i'd be on the clock more sure but you know there's husband time there's couple time um but when i'm not necessarily shooting there's still so this is not just like you know laying on your back and getting laid there's we're essentially you know independent contractors there's social media management there's so many different websites that you have to manage it's not just like only fans it's sex panther it's night flirt it's just for fans it's avian stars it's feet finder it you know there's like and then there's how many clip sites there's many viz ap clips clips for sale i want clips you know so it's actually a lot of computer work i don't think people realize and video editing luckily my husband does a lot of that for me because i'm wildly intimidated by adobe premiere um <laughs> but you know it's a lot of it's a lot of computer and administration and administrative work so, do I mean, do you get time to do what, you know, most people will consider, like, quote-unquote normal stuff? Like, if it's, you know, do gardening, read a book, you know? Oh, yeah, I always walk. make like, time what, for that stuff. What yeah, are some I, of the I'm, things you do that, you know, doesn't consist of the business? That's been tricky for me. That's something I've had a really hard time with during COVID was kind of separating Sonia and uh, my civilian self if you will um because a lot of things that i do for fun kind of translate into okay well i need to take a picture of this and post it on instagram you know like my cosplaying or even playing the flute or you know crafting things like that that that's what i like to do in my downtime but i try and keep you know i'm not i'm not going to record every single um session working on my lady riddler cosplay like i'll post you know update pictures, progress pictures, things like that. But I do try and separate and do things that are just for, you know, personal me and not work me. Very awesome. So let everybody know where they can find you at online, because again, online presence is a huge thing. Obviously you just rattled off like different, (laughs) different platforms. Some of them people have heard of. Some of them people are like, what the fuck is that? Mm -hmm. I can't keep up with everything. Like people, that's Say why I'm saying me. people think this job is easy. I'm like, yeah. no, the amount of t- different avenues I have to have my toe dipped in to just make a living is wild. Because whenever people are like, oh, it's so easy, it's just, you make so much, I'm like, do you watch porn? They're like, yeah, of course I do. And I'll be like, do you pay for it? And they get quiet. Mm. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly, it's not, it's not the easy job you think it is. I mean, like, I have a hard enough time between Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. and two of them, two of them are, you know, in bed together. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I don't do Snapchat. I don't do TikTok. Like, I just can't. Like, yep. that's like you There's literally. so much. Social media could be a full-time job. It, and it is. It absolutely is. Yep. But Especially we need, in this industry. But we need to know where we can stalk you at, you know. Everything filters through Twitter because that is like the last safe haven for us at the moment. Twitter is mm-hmm. like the only place you can post the dirty stuff. So, go to my Twitter. It's Twitter slash Sonia Harcourt XX because I was one character too many for the 15 character limit <laughs> so I couldn't get the triple X but yeah everything filters through Twitter pretty much I'm on Instagram Sonia Harcourt um, onlyfans.com slash Sonia Harcourt triple X but you know, everything filters through Twitter pretty much so there you have it is there anything else you want the fans to know before we let you get out of here I, f- I feel like I went on quite a quite a couple tangents with you today so I think no that was good quite it, a it, bit. It, it, and i love that you were so like you know it's funny because before we started this podcast we were talking about how you know you get some guests that are just very insightful and very you know thorough with their answers and it's just very you know refreshing to hear because like you said it, it humanizes people and it, it, it helps that's the goal and yeah, some that's, of the stigma I feel like that's my goal yeah and then you have other people and we won't mention names but i've had other people that are on the podcast that just kind of like fuel that stigma you know people mm-hmm. are listening to it and are going you know as much as it may be a fun podcast 
you know, mm-hmm. people are like, see, I told you that she's just a whore, you know, like, mm-hmm. or something like that, you know, something And it's different for everybody, yes. Yeah, some people, like, this is my business, and they play into the, quote, character of it, and that's, and they probably make, you know, really good money doing it, and that everybody has their own way of doing it. My personal goal is to just humanize us more, so... Well, we appreciate you taking some time to talk to us, and you know it's it's been very insightful, and I enjoyed our conversation. Thank and, you so much for having me. Yeah, and I can't wait to see you know more content. Follow you along on Twitter. See you know if you'll be doing any appearances anywhere. And, oh you know, hell yeah! Just, you know it's just it's it's great that we're starting to open up the country, you know, and the mm-hmm. nation a little bit more. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, still everybody out there, be cautious. You know, still take all the measures needed to protect yourself and others. I um, love my ma- my social anxiety loves masks, so oh, that's all I'm saying. I'm gonna keep wearing it just because I'm like the it. anonymity. I love it. <laughs> I'll tell you, the first couple days that it, you know, the thing rolled out, I was like, I fucking hate this thing. It's just not glasses fog up and i can't you know breathe it's all sweaty and you know but i've gotten used to them now you know Mm -hmm. and it's you know it's just like you know it's like i say you can kind of use that aspect to like condoms too you know Mm -hmm. you may not be able to keep an erection at first when you have them they may you know not every size you you. get used to it like anything else yeah so practice masks practice safe sex practice safety everywhere because we want you guys to be alive and happy and enjoying life and listening to the podcast and, you know, following <laughs> Sonia online, you know, and doing everything that is, you know, joyful in the world. Indeed. So, but, uh, yeah, we thank you again. And we can't wait to see and hear more big things from you. Awesome. Thanks again for having me. Hey there. This is Sonia Harcourt, and you are listening to Mixmaster B on MMB Radio. <laughs>